You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, and Todd Fox. And today, I'll be narrating for you guys, but before we get into our story, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crime. There you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you at our earliest convenience. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podline, as well as Zencaster. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. If you would like to become a Patreon member exclusively on Podbean, you can become a member there. Just follow the link on Podbean, and you can become a Patreon member if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do. So far, we wanted to give a shout-out to our uh, current Patreon members. We'll give a shout-out to Chungi, uh, Sherry, Cookie Smith, and their username is E-T-W-R-Z-A-M-F. I did not know how to pronounce that. So if that's your username, shout-out to you, and we thank you for supporting what we do and for being a Patreon member of Grindy True Crocs. Okay, uh, listener's discretion is advised. We do get into details that could be uh, not suitable for certain audience, so listener's discretion is advised. And we will be going live, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. Uh, d- d- the time will be determined. We'll announce that, but not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. I believe that's August 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look at my calendar. No, that's August 27th. So August 27th, we will be going live, all right? So keep your calendars marked. Um, we'll try to, we'll see how our schedule is and we'll try to be early again in the morning, our time. But if it's not, we apologize, but we'll let you guys know. True. Oh, man, I'm out of breath already. <laughs> <laughs> now, but with that being said, uh, we're going to kick off this story. We also have a reminder for the last Patreon mentioned. Uh your contribution was extremely generous, and we are completely grateful to you. Please reach out to us and send us your address. We owe you a gift. Yeah, absolutely. There you go, Gabby. Gab, picking up the slack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Once again, if you do become a Patreon member, we do appreciate what you do, and we do we will send out gifts for those who uh, become a Patreon member. So thank you. Okay. Now for my turn to start off the story. I'm going to do something a little different. All right. Well, I want you all to imagine this scenario. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before I tell you guys who's the story about, just picture this scenario. All right. So audience too, just imagine this. Um, 
imagine you're a police officer or a detective, correct? Mm -hmm. You may be sitting down in your office, probably drinking a fresh coffee or eating a you know donut, whatever it may be, getting ready for work. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, let's <laughs> we get annoyed you, with everybody in the donut. Okay, a sandwich. Okay, let's do a sandwich. Or you could be just, you know, barely getting out of bed and you get that phone call and you know who it is and what they're saying. We need you to come down to this scene. It's bloody, it's gory, and we need you down right away. Mm. We got multiple bodies. And it's it's bad. Multiple bodies. We have multiple bodies. And there's blood everywhere. So what do you do? You get in your car, you rush over, you do your job. You got to mentally prepare yourself because you know you're going to see some things that's not going to be pretty, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I you arrive on the scene. huh? I think you take those powdered donuts and you use them to <laughs> get fingerprints. Oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> You know, dust for prints. I you, you, I bet you have your kit, Todd. You have oh, your I know kit he got with his. your donuts and your little brush. Yeah, it's sort of like break glass to get the donut, you know what I mean? Like for emergencies. <laughs> You're a dork. <laughs> but go All right, so you put your professionalism on. Mm -hmm. You arrive to the scene. You got your, well, your kit, so to speak. You got your, you know, gloves, camera, whatever it may be. And as soon as you walk into the door... The thick smell of death is imminent. That's now I'm, picture, I'm picturing this scenario. Picture this. So you walk in. And then you you scoping out the scene. And in one room, automatically you see a body on the floor. Covered, blood. You know, you do what you got to do. You scope the scene. Take evidence. Take pictures. Professional. You keep walking checking out other areas and all of a sudden you go to another room and you see another body however this body looks young mm. and the way it's positioned you can't tell if it's male or female so you walk a little closer you assess the scene you assess the scenario you can probably see evidence see if you can find evidence take your camera out you take a picture, and then boom. Wakes up. No. Something unexpected happens. What? Something that will happen that will probably haunt you for the rest of your life. Which is? We'll get into that. Damn yeah, you. This guy. <laughs> now that I got your attention, let's dive into the story. This is the story of Jack Harold Jones Jr. I hate you already for how you oh, started I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Do I got y'all attention? Yes. Yes, but now I'm like, damn it, what was it? We're gonna find out. Jack Harold Jones. He was born on August 10th, 1964, in Toledo, Ohio. He had three older half siblings from his mother because he she uh, previously had three kids prior to. Him and his, uh, her, him. She had three kids prior to him, her meeting up with the father. Sorry, I got my tongue switched up. Okay. <laughs> and then she, he had uh, another little sister. So it was a total of five. Uh, he didn't have the greatest example of uh, parents. 
His father was described as a heavy alcoholic and his mother was a heavy gambler. She had a gambling problem. Wow, both parents with an addiction. Mm -hmm. At an early age, sometime after his first birthday, Jack had acquired a virus that caused convulsion and extreme high fevers. He was soon diagnosed with ADHD at the age of five and would start taking Ritalin and would have uh, hallucinations. Hmm. Fast forward as a teenager, he got involved in heavy drugs a lot. And he would take these drugs to just self-medicate because doctors diagnosed him with bipolar disorder as well as antisocial personality. Hmm. So he was heavy, heavy on the drugs, self-medicating. Pills and like prescription stuff and drugs. Wow. Yes. Anything he can grab his hands on. Jeez. That's not going to be good. Nope. Yes. Another contributing factor as to why he got involved in drugs um, is because he was suffering physically. And unfortunately, he was being sexually abused, according to uh, his sister. By who? It doesn't say, but it was uh, a close family member. Probably so like an uncle or something. Probably an uncle. It could have been a sibling. It, it didn't. It didn't specify who was physically abusing and sexually abusing. But uh, later in the story, his sister confessed that he uh, was definitely being sexually abused. Well, so but, far I'm feeling really bad for this guy because man, he's yeah. getting it from all angles. He's getting it from all angles. Um, so so far, you know, we feel, we're feeling sorry for this guy. But as we continue the story, I don't think you, you guys will. Um, let me skip over so um, so not knowing how to cope with the abuse as well as the mental disorder he was suffering from this caused Jack to be addicted to drugs heavily and also to get involved in alcohol I mean it makes sense like most people that are being abused especially by family members they like they got to find a way to numb that pain, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. And he, he coped with it with uh, heavy drugs and alcohol. Throughout his teenage years and his young adult years, he would be constantly in and out of jail. So by now in this neighborhood, cops knew who he was and he was frequently um, uh, in and out. He would also be admitted to a psychiatric facility in which he attended in which he attempted to commit suicide several times to a point where they had to be on suicide watch. Dang. So, yeah. So a little backstory of uh, Harold Jack Johnson. We're going to jump straight into a date. And normally when we have a date, you know what that means. Not good news. Someone ain't breathing no more. Absolutely. However, we have a twist. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. In fact, there's going to be a lot of twists in this story. So we we have to pay attention to some of the stories that I'm, uh, some of the things I'm telling you. So it's going to be a lot of twists. This day is uh, May 2nd, 1983. So he's he's 19 years old at this time. Someone in my family is May 2nd. Oh, really? But uh, not 83, <laughs> two years later. We're going to talk about Regina Harrison. 
she was a 20 year old college student at this time. And uh, she had just visited her uh, parents and she had just left her parents' home for a nightly bike ride in the Hollywood area of uh, Florida, Hollywood, Florida of North Beach neighborhood. Unfortunately, she failed to return home and her friends and family were concerned and worried. Friends and family went to look for her and unfortunately they found her nude body in the woods not too far from where she was in the West Lakes Park. Mm. She had been strangled to death and her body was discarded like trash. During the invest oh go ahead. Tom. No, it's just you know oh. it's, it's sad. Yeah. During the investigation, witnesses had reported that they had seen the woman riding accompanied by a skinny, long-haired man on a black bike. So people did see her and they described who she was with. Now, there was no leads in this case for five months until a detective from Fort Lauderdale named John Crucio saw a program airing on TV about this case. He had been a member of the investigating unit, which had captured another suspect by the name of Ronald Henry Stewart, a serial rapist who had been terrorizing women in that county for the past several decades in the in, in the late 80s. Okay. Dang. Yes. So and they caught him and he's thinking he is responsible for this. This girl. Ooh, this guy I just mentioned? Yeah. We're going to get into that. He took notice, and he took notice that uh, Stewart resembled the uh, suspect sketch that they showed on air. In addition to being in possession of a black bike at the time of his arrest. So, Harold was, all, I mean, not Harold, Ronald was arrested, and he fit the description according to the sketch, and he also was in possession of a black bike. So, they just said, hey, he got a black bike. He looks like him. It's got to be our guy. Throw hmm. away the key. Throw <laughs> away the key, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so a witness who had said that they had seen uh, Regina and her alleged killer on the beach pointed out that it indeed was Ronald as the man that he saw, uh, that she had saw, and he was charged with murder of Regina Harrison. Without Ooh. evidence? Without evidence. Just that. Wow. Mind you, this is 1983. Yeah, so you don't have the DNA, but yes. just it's it seems so circumstantial at this point. Very. So, what do you think he does, this Ronald Stewart? Mm, ask for Obvious. a lawyer. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> what do you no, go ahead. Just ask for a lawyer. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm thinking he's claiming his innocence because he probably didn't kill her. So I'm thinking he's going to kill himself. Okay. Well, keep in mind, he's already a serial rapist, so he's not innocent. No, I'm talking about her murder. Yeah. Obviously, he's not. Yeah. Well, to in, in order to avoid the death penalty, because they were trying to throw the book at him. Oh, damn it, Dawson. We make us. Yeah. He enters a plea deal. Uh, and he pleads no contest. 
and uh, he was given a 50-year prison uh, prison sentence in January of 1985 to run concurrently with his other sentences for the sexual offenses that he had already previously had. So pretty much he wasn't getting out of jail. Dang. So he copped, he copped to it despite them not having any evidence? Like, this doesn't sound like the guy, obviously. What exactly is no contest? Basically, you're just saying, like, you're not saying... A, uh, like, you're not fighting against it, but you're not pleading guilty? You're not pleading guilty, yeah. you're not pleading innocent, basically. You're just acknowledging they have enough just, on yeah, they, you to, to, to avoid a, uh, a court trial and all the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's waived his rights, basically. Basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Todd, because I was going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Although several factors pointed towards his innocence in this case, including the fact that his fingerprints did not match those found at the crime scene, Stewart confessed to the crime. What? He said, I did it. He never... uh, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing if he had gone to trial, they wouldn't really be able to hold him accountable if he didn't match the fingerprints. Hey, what do you think, Todd? Yeah, I think so. He, yeah, if they didn't have him for the rape, then he probably just would just freaking walk. You know what I mean? But maybe, maybe he was thinking, well, I'm already gonna go be in prison for a long time. Maybe I'll just, uh, you know. I'll cop to it, whatever. Maybe he thought it was something cool to do. I don't know, man. It's hard to... The guy was already a mess if he's a serial rapist. Was he on drugs, too? It didn't mention. But during... um, He did say that the confession was not coerced. And he wasn't, you know, doing this, like, to cop out or anything. He just went along with it and pled guilty and accepted it. He said that he was guilty of it. Wow. So, Wait a minute. So did he plead guilty or no? He confessed to the crime. Okay, but he pled no contest. Yeah, he pled no contest, but he eventually said he confessed to the crime. And so back in, in 2008, he in, eventually ended up dying in prison. Wow. Cancer. Hmm. In 2008. I know this is not the guy, so... Yeah, your either. story would be very anticlimactic. If this yeah. I told you it was going to be a lot of twists. Okay. This ain't the guy, so that sucks. <laughs> he, he's dead, and he was never proven innocent of that one. But, I mean, still, he still deserved to be locked up for life because he was still a sick bastard. Yeah. Well. He still deserved to have his wing cut off. Okay. <laughs> well, I know you guys didn't see that coming. So... But we have another victim, and we have another date. Okay. Uh, the victim's name is Lorraine Ann Barrett. She was a 32-year-old tourist from Bridgeville, Pennsylvania. And she was last seen at the Elbow Room, which is a bar located at the corner of um, uh, uh, basically a state road down there in uh, Florida, Lauderdale. According to witnesses, she was accompanied by a heavily tattooed man to her motel room at the day's end at the Lauderdale Motel and about noon, which was around noon 
on June 1st, 1991. This is years later. This was a couple, a few years later. Her body was eventually found by one of the cleaning ladies when she came in to clean the hotel room and she discovered her, her body was um, definitely raped and the cause of death it appeared to be strangulation again. Dang. Hmm. Immediately, the police created a composite sketch completed with the description of his tattoos and distributed around the county because um, I guess witnesses saw that they saw her walking with the heavy tattooed man and they um, started distributing. However, it was to no avail and eventually this case would go cold for several years. No cameras? No cameras. Hmm. So, so now we have two females, both murdered by strangulation, one suspect arrested, and one cold case. What do you guys think so far? Um, Go ahead, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> My face was like, I don't know. <laughs> I told you it's going to be a lot of twists. A lot. Frustration because they went cold. Yeah, I'm kind of the same thing. I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated because I do know around that time, too, there's a bunch of murderers down there getting away with stuff. There's a lot of serial killers in the early 80s in Florida, too. So it's like, this could be anybody. Yes, it could be. True. It could be. So but I think, I think the cops aren't Johnsons in this one. They're actually... They're actually doing their jobs and like, damn, man, these, they don't know if, if the, you know, there's really no, from what it sounds like, there's not really a link to it because there's a lot of strangulations going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one question, though. What's up? They didn't find fingerprints they could compare to the previous one? Or were they not going to because that one was solved in their eyes? Because it was solved in their eyes, I don't think they even decided to match the two. Okay. We're going to continue because we have another date. They have been taught in me, but like, Todd, reach that <laughs> Yeah. Let's compare the fingerprints. Hold on one second. <laughs> Bust out the magnifying glass. <laughs> we have another date. Uh, the date is June 6, 1995, so four years later. 34-year-old mother of three by the name of Mary Phillips was working at her job, which was the tax and accounting services in Bald, Bald Knob, Arkansas. So now we're moving a little further. Dang, these are all different states. Yes. So that's why it's another twist, because they really can't really put fingerprints on uh, anyone, really, because it's all around. She was working as a bookkeeper at the time, and um, her youngest daughter, Lacey, had just been dropped off at her job by her big sister because she had a dentist appointment at 3 o'clock, so the mother was going to take her to the dentist, dentist appointment. So it was probably around the afternoon when Lacey arrived at the job with her mother. Around that time, a black-haired man had entered the store and he was a little upset claiming that he was given the wrong books and he was going to rob them. What? Now, I don't know about you, but there ain't no book in the world 
That's gonna make me somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that works for me either. Hey, hey, you know, I'm just saying. You gave me the wrong book, so now I'm gonna rob you. Hey, man, I probably wouldn't even ask for a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he eventually pulled out a gun and demanded them to get on the ground. Well, of course, they complied, and he ordered them to lay on the ground with Mary, which is the mother, laying on her stomach, and he told Lacey to get on top of her. So, like, you're picturing it? Stacking? Like stacking, basically. Mm -hmm. So he ramsacks the place, takes the money out of the cash register, but he wasn't done there. He took both of them into a break room and inside that break room there was a bathroom he took young Lacey who, which is 11 years old and tied her up into a chair and left her there so basically she's sitting down in the chair being hogtied and sat down in the chair then he went back to where Mary was and then he started beating her with his fist and the barrel of his gun, eventually raping her and then strangling her. He wasn't done yet because he goes back into the room where young Lacey is and there she's crying her eyes out, begging him not to hurt her mother, screaming, please don't hurt my mother, please don't hurt my mother. Guess what this bastard says? What's he say? He probably says, your mom's spine. I'm going to hurt you instead or something. What do you think, Todd? Maybe he just laughs at her? Um, Gabby pretty much nailed it. Oh. He looks at her with a calm face and says I'm not going to hurt your mother I'm going to hurt you instead what and then he starts to choke her to the point of causing her to black out once she is passed out he starts beating her mercilessly across her head with his gun causing severe laceration and multiple skull fractures as he leaves her for death. What are your thoughts? This guy's a jerk. That he needs to die. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Believe it or not, though, Lacey's still alive. She gains consciousness for a brief moment. And when she wakes up, and sees all the blood that's on her and her face is leaking with blood it causes her to regurgitate and the blood loss makes her uh, pass out one more time as she's fighting and fighting to keep her eyes open she eventually closes her eyes again and loses consciousness now the Phillips family, her, their family, was expecting their mother and uh, 
you know, sister or daughter to be back at home by a certain time. The dentist appointment was three o'clock, so they should be home no later than 4.30 or 5. Well, they didn't show up and it caused concern. So the police was called and this is where we started out at the entering, uh, entering uh, sentence of the story. <laughs> the police were called and they went down to the scene and that's when they saw the unthinkable. They checked out the scene. They saw the mother. They found her naked from the waist down. She was found beaten and evidence of rape. And when they did the DNA swap, it was found that she was raped anally. Ooh. A coffee pot cord was wrapped around her neck on, on, on the crime scene and uh, bruises around her arm indicated that she was fighting for her life during the attack. So she was fighting back. The cause of death was blunt force trauma and once again, strangulation. As they walk over to the next room, they see a little girl. Now they know it's a little girl laying uh, tied up on the chair motionlessly covered in blood. The detective walks over walks into the room and sees the girl slumped over in a chair. He's pissed off, clearly. And he's scanning the place, taking evidence, taking pictures. He takes his picture out. He takes his camera out. And as he's pointing the camera to Lacey's face, the flash opens up one eye. And you can just imagine the scene when her bloody covered face one eye poking out looking at you in the oh, corner jumped wow how do you think you would have reacted dude just insanely upset yeah, yeah i would have been scared if i'm like trying to focus the camera and then i noticed they're looking at me it, it made him jump he's a detective he, he jumped a little but yeah yeah he was he was also excited to know that she was still alive. But I mean, like, insanely upset as far as, like, seeing her in that condition. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like, I mean, maybe the initial reaction is, like, stunned and whatnot. But, dude, like, who could do that to her? Absolutely. I mean, that would piss me off, seeing a little girl in that condition. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, I know piss you off, for sure. Oh, Absolutely. I no. probably would have been crying. Yeah. So realizing that she's still alive, they rush her to the hospital immediately. Um, as time goes on and as she regains consciousness, you know, hours and days later, um, she's able to give in details exactly what happened and also describe full details of the man that she saw. She said that this man was in the store earlier in the day to borrow some books, but then later returned complaining that the books that he got was not the right books. Hmm. She, she described him as having a teardrop tattoo on his face and several tattoos on his arms. 
when she said that the police, when she said that to the police, they immediately knew who she was describing because of his history and his run-ins with the police. Sorry, the little so bunny. So now that they got tattooed man, now what are they thinking? Oh, they already know who it is. Okay, but I'm saying like, are they like conscious at all? Are thinking about the other cases that happened elsewhere and a man was arrested for that? Um, they probably did. They probably didn't. All I know is that they knew exactly who this man was for sure because it's 19 it's in the 90s not many people had facial tattoos and well, let alone you know well they run in with the cop they weren't comparing cases at this time either so they were just no. probably focused on local right yeah they were just focusing on this local case because this this that happened in florida this was in arkansas damn yeah so they immediately go over to jack's house and confront him about this and they take him down to the station for interrogation. What do you think Jack does? Deny, deny, deny. Okay. They grab him and take him to the station? Yeah, at this point, they take him to the station for interrogation. And what do you think he, he says? What do you think he does? Todd says, deny, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he automatically asks for a lawyer? Nope. Oh. To their surprise, he admitted to the crimes. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. yep. He admitted and said, yeah, I killed those two ladies. But he didn't know that Lacey was still alive. So he admitted to killing the two. And um, what do you think his reasoning was? Now, this one right here will get you. The reason why he did it? The reason why he did it. There was a reason why he did it. Hmm. It had nothing to do with books. <laughs> he wanted the mom. Okay. Maybe uh, he'd been stalking him. Okay, that's good. Dude, it's hard to say because this this is like I'll I'll just go with the green money. <laughs> That's a good answer. Both good answers. But um, no, his reasoning was he wanted retaliation to the police. Because days earlier, he claimed that his wife was raped and the police department did nothing about it. So he wanted to get back at the police by attacking two innocent women that had nothing to do with it. Wow. That doesn't make a lick of sense. Hey, that so is, he said his wife got raped. His wife and had the got raped. The police didn't do anything the about police it. Police did nothing about it. So he decided to rape another woman, kill them, and tr attempted to kill both. And that because the police didn't do anything about his wife getting raped. Okay, you're a rapist, and you're concerned with your wife being raped. He probably raped his wife, pretending to be another man. Mind you, he's bipolar, and you know he, if his wife probably never got raped, who knows? And I'm not making a joke or making slight of rape, obviously not. But we don't know. But 
it just seems kind of fishy for that being your reasoning to do a, that heinous crime. Just doesn't make any sense either. No, None I mean, whatsoever. I would think if you're going to get back at the police, you'd want to rape one of the police members. <laughs> or shoot or do something. Or shoot know? or do something. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, but what I mean, like, if you're going to get back evenly and they didn't do anything about your wife, so now you're going to go rape someone, you would think he'd attack police. Why innocent people? Why an innocent woman with her child? Yeah, it really doesn't get back at the police. I mean, that's not. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. But that was his explanation. Wow. So with with an omission from him, from Harold himself, and with Lacey's description, it was a no-brainer to arrest Harold Jones that day. Um, His trial was pretty quick. Uh, There was no plea offer on the table. There was no plea offer for Jack on the table. And so nine months later, um, he was convicted for the murder and was sentenced to death. Good. Yeah. Um, Jack had told his attorneys that he didn't want to appeal his case and that he deserved and wanted to die for all that he's done. Then he should have offered his wings you know so what? they could have started right there. You know what? <laughs> Jeez. Start chopping him up and then let him sit there in pain until he dies. <laughs> he's like, take my sausage. Take it. <laughs> well, he's owning up to it. So I'm not going to give him credit to owning that up to it. But it doesn't change did. anything. But he is owning up to it. Okay. Now, this part of the story, I think Gabby might be a little pissed off, and probably some of the audience, maybe you too, Todd. Now, during this time on death row, mind you, this is uh, April 7, 1996, he was convicted. So he's serving death row. He will get some support from one of his only family members who supported him and would frequently visit him to be by his side which was his sister, Lynn. The one that said he was raped? The one that said he was raped. Mm. So what? She's giving him support thinking, well, he lived through this, so I'm going to be there for my brother no matter what. It's not his fault. We'll get into that. No, no. I'm already mad. I knew you would. Because I know you You wouldn't support anybody. Nope. That Yeah. She's Somebody coming in my on the... family does that, I don't know you. I never did. Lynn is coming in on the excuse train. That's what she's yep. doing. Well, let's read into it a little bit. Um, she said that she knew what her brother did, and she knew what her brother did was wrong, and she didn't condone his action whatsoever. And she was deeply grieved for the victim's family and for the victims. However, she did state it that she does remember her brother for who he once was, and she knew he suffered a lot growing up, and that she too will be losing a loved one as well, knowing that he will be executed for his actions. So that was part of the reason why she still supported his her brother. No, she gets no pity for me. Yeah, well, me yeah, me neither. But um, Jack appreciated Lynn, and according to his words, he really did feel guilty for his crime and action. Um, now, during the years awaiting his execution, um, he his dates would be extended 
due to his illness of high blood pressure as well as his diabetes which resulted in him getting one of his legs amputated so his dates kept getting pushed back pushed back pushed back he should have got something else amputated oh lord (laughs) (laughs) um now we're gonna go back because we have a little twist Uh look i don't want to be i had it going through my mind okay right so I'm gonna say it. What? Why, if you're gonna kill this man for being this horrible person and committing horrific crimes, why are you gonna postpone his death, which is coming um, over illnesses and amputation? He's gonna die anyway. Uh, Let the bastard suffer with what he has, just like he made other people suffer. You agree, Todd? It makes no sense to me that they would use money from everybody else I'll give paying you that. their dues. I'll give you that. To save the man and give him surgeries only to kill him later. It's so stupid. I, I guess they feel, you know, state and the government feel like they don't want to be inhumane by allowing someone okay, to. Okay, but these people are completely inhumane, I'm, and that's okay. I'm not agreeing, disagreeing with you. I agree. I mean, he's going to die anyway. So, like, you know. Why are you prolonging his life? True. Um, oh, so yeah, we have a little twist. <laughs> you threw me off a little yeah, bit. <laughs> so we got to go back a little bit in the beginning of the story. Now, remember, we, uh, I talked about Lori uh, Barrett mm. being found murdered in a hotel room and the case went cold? Yeah. Well, as time went on, so did technology. And then uh, it's the year 2003. So she died in 91, a whole 12 years later. The DNA that was taken from that case was now sent to CODIS. And I'm sure you know what CODIS is, Todd Mm -hmm. and Gabby and everyone else listening. Um, For those who don't know, it's the National DNA Database. And when the DNA was sent in, guess who it was linked to? None other than Jack Crap Jones. bag. None other than Jack Jones himself. Wow. So the authorities in Florida issued an extradition warrant for him. And with new evidence pointing to another murder, he pleaded guilty and was tacked on an additional life sentence for this separate murder to go along with his death penalty for the two mur- for the uh, murder and the attempted murder that he tried to do on Mary and Lacey Phillips. All right. So, see, they could have killed him twice. They could have killed him once when they chopped off his wing. Mm -hmm. And then they could have killed him again once they finally took his whole life. (sighs) Pretty much. I mean, why not? You got two death sentences. Start at the bottom. Pretty much. So now, basically, with the two murders charges and attempted murder charge, he's just basically waiting for his execution date. I'm going to be pissed that he don't even make it to that execution date. You are? Oh, God. No, I'm saying you're going to be pissed? Of course. You think he's going to make it to his execution date? He gets really ill, and they're still trying to take care of him and treat him. Maybe. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I would have to say that if there's a lot of twists, then there's some way he's going to finagle his way out of this or something's going to happen in his favor. You guys are going to be pissed. That's Uh-oh. bull crap already. I don't know what it is. But... <laughs> well, I don't know. You might. We have another twist. <laughs> of course. Another... It's going to be like my story. He gets a few days out. No, it ain't going to be that. <laughs> it definitely ain't going to be that. We're moving closer to his execution day. He's he's getting closer to it. His sister, Lynn, was still by her brother's side at the time, visiting him as much as she can, knowing that he's getting closer and closer to knowing his Knowing that he has more convictions. Knowing that he's getting closer and closer to his But death. knowing that he has... <laughs> Listen <more> here. <laughs> she's still by his side. She's still by his side. Because she remembers her brother for who he once was, and she knows that he was. Is the past woman? Is is the man who's behind bars, getting ready to die? Well, like I like I said, he did seem very remorseful before he died. So who gives a damn? You took somebody's family away permanently, and they can never get them back for doing nothing to you. So who gives a damn that you're remorseful? I agree. I, I'm telling you why she kept it up. Anyways. We're moving on. <laughs> getting very passionate now. Jack does something that was definitely odd. He tells police and his sister that he has a secret and that he would give his sister a letter that he wrote and he told her, I quote, do not open this letter until one year later after I'm executed. Uh What? Yes. A year later. A year later after I'm executed, that's when you can open this letter. Now, he had wrote this letter back in 2006. And according to him, based on his confession, he has been haunted and tormented by his action for a long time. So So he starts to write his his feelings and starts writing things through letters so do you guys think that she listened to her brother or do you think she you know did like most people would do and say screw it I'm opening this letter now what do you think I'm honestly torn I have no idea because I would expect that she would open it immediately Mm -hmm. but at the same time she's been backing him up this entire time so she'd be that kind of ridiculous woman to say okay I'm gonna wait the time he told me I'm gonna respect that I totally agree with the woman (laughs) you guys are are bastards for doing (laughs) no we're not you did it too first of all I laugh (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, well let's find out so the date came where he was finally to be executed. And on April 24th, 2017, even though he seemed remorseful and ready to die for his crime, his final words were to, believe it or not, Lacey, the young girl. Well, she's not young anymore. She's grown. He gave his final words and he told her, I hope over time you could learn who I really am and I'm not a monster. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. That was his final words to Lacey. And um, right after that, 
Harold Jones was put to death by lethal injection with all the Philip family there to witness it. However, Lynn was not there. His sister. Okay. What happened with backing him up till the end? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. She wasn't there because she didn't want to be there. Because she wanted to attend. However, the state of Arkansas wouldn't allow her to attend. It didn't state why, but I believe it was because they felt like, you know, this is... This is you don't deserve to have anybody basically. Like- uh, this is a uh, condolence, uh, not condolence, but this is a uh, closure for the Phillips family. And you've been supporting your brother this whole time, like it wouldn't feel right, correct? You know, for you to be there. So, I'm assuming that's why they didn't allow her to be there because she begged and wanted to be there. Mm. So, with the letter in her possession, she decides to listen to her brother's request. And don't open the letter until exactly one year later to the day. What I tell you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And as she's reading the letter, she is stunned. So she takes the letter and immediately takes it to the authorities. And they look into it as well. And they are stunned. And more bodies. (laughs) That's what you think of us? Yeah. What do you think is in the letter, Todd? Something that's going to prove his innocence. Mmm. I like where you went there, bro. Mm-hmm. Well. I'm taking a gamble. You took a good gamble. Okay. But you struck out. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I was going to say yes. DNA was there. Yeah. You, you struck out on this one, sir. So. <laughs> um, in a shocking turn of event. Harold starts his letter by talking about he being haunted by a ghost for the last three years prior to his death. The ghost of Regina Harrison, the woman who was killed and the person blamed for it was Ronald Stewart. He continues by describing in details how they met. He says, I met her riding bikes. We went to the beach. We rode around town. We uh, rode up and down the streets and into the parks and then into the hotel. And that's where it happened. A white girl, red hair, maybe 110 pounds, five foot five in height. Details, he started describing details that wasn't disclosed in uh, information that only police knew. So police used his DNA and compared it to the DNA that they collected back in 83. And you know, back in 83, they didn't have the DNA kit that they had now. And as they compared the DNA samples they collected, guess what? It's a match. It is a complete match. Ooh. Yes. So Ronald Stewart, even though he wasn't an angel, he didn't murder Regina Harrison. It was Harold Jack Jones. And he was haunted for several years by the ghost of Regina Harrison. And in order for him to confess his crime, he wrote it in a letter. Uh, But why did he say don't open it until a year later? I don't know. 
I have no idea. It didn't state why. Maybe it was just him, his way of talking to people in his grave. I don't know. Why the hell didn't he just come clean when the others came out? Shows that he wasn't so remorseful at all, was he? He should have gave a deathbed confession because now he made made that family wait yet another year. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the family of the victim of Regina were shocked and stunned to hear this turn of event. One of Regina's brothers, uh, Richard uh, Harrison, stated that if this did not involve my family personally, this would be a fascinating episode of CSI. But it doesn't make Stewart any less evil, and it certainly doesn't make him any less dead. And Jones has already been executed, and we can only execute people once. So the fact that their, you know, loved one is gone and both uh, the perps were dead, what really can they do? Just knowing closure that they knew who the real person was that killed this, their family, they left it at that. Wow. So, even in his death, so to speak, um, and in the grave, Harold Jones um, was speaking through us through that letter. Not through us. He well, not through us, me, but okay? speaking to everyone through his grave. <laughs> <laughs> and so, he was convicted of the murder of Regina Harrison and was officially labeled as a serial killer. Hmm. But How wait. do you convict someone who's already dead? It, it's in paper. It's in writing. Like they, they sort yeah. of just like tie it up in a bow. And yeah. Like all right, it's over with. You know. Yeah. They just case. changed the name. You know, and said it wasn't Ron Stewart. It was in fact Harold Jack Jones that killed Regina. So now you're labeled as a serial killer. This there's another twist. Another twist. He's tied to more. His DNA was also used to test if he was linked to other killings. Like Todd mentioned, there were several killings in Florida that were cold cases. So his DNA was used to see if there was any match. But nothing has turned out so far. Jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be 20 more. <laughs> I'm like, what's the kill count? And then he's like, but there's no more. Um, this guy, I had to throw it out there. I had to do a little different. Yeah. Honestly, whether there's proof or not, there has to be more. There nope. has to be more bodies that were not found. I agree. Had to be him. I agree because the three killings that he did have, they were all in year spans. Ain't no way. He went yeah, four, five, six, that. seven years of not doing anything. If you are already a killer, a serial killer, so to speak. Yeah, if you're twisted, you have breaks. You know what I mean? But you, like mm -hmm. like Matt said, you don't have them over years. Exactly. But you may take a couple months off. But Yeah, you might take one year. But you mm -hmm. ain't taking five plus years, three, four years off, and then say, okay, let's go back to killing again especially when you're on heavy drugs and battling mental illness there's no way yeah yeah so there's nothing tied to um him killing more other victims as of yet but i'm with gabby and i'm with todd i think he's tied to other victims 
So, well, the more that they're putting in the DNA in nowadays for these cold cases, you know, they're they're gonna pop up with some surprises. I bet, you know, like they're gonna get some people that they that weren't on the radar, and then they're gonna get some serial killers that they thought were only this many, and there's maybe a couple more. Agreed. I agree. Um, if you guys want to follow up and see if there's other cases, just look up Harold Jack Jones. Wow. Wow. What do you think? I think he was a piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, it's sad what he went through and how dysfunctional his family was, but that is not everybody else's fault. You, if you're going to continue living your life, then you need to learn to cope with it and get help for yourself so that you don't put anybody else in situations that are also going to be hurtful and traumatizing. I agree. So he's still a scumbag. And for his sister? I knew you were going to say something. No. I knew it. I knew you were. She's got to be the most pathetic person ever. There's more details about Lynn. I, I, pretty much shortened the story as the best I could and it's still an hour but if you look it up there's a lot to talk about as far as Lynn goes she was heavily involved in this like heavily involved um, and I didn't write down every detail about it but if you look it up she she might piss you off even more because she was really involved in um, her brother's case yeah, you can't feel sorry for somebody for what they went through and try to be saying that you like you don't condone what the person's done and you feel terrible for the families, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. She'll show that with action. Yep. Don't give your freaking words. If you actually do feel bad, if you actually don't condone it, then you don't know this person anymore. I agree. You being their support and the only person in their life and still being with them through all this mess tells me you do condone what they did because you continue to feel sorry for that monster. Yeah, enablers come in all kinds. Uh, We've seen it with mothers, fathers, uh, children. And then uh, I wonder how stupid she felt once all the DNA started connecting. It's like all that avocation for her brother who was already a rapist, but, you know, I mean, like, or not already rapist, but I mean, like, already had that kind of history, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you're going to back him till the end, and then you find out, well, all my years of advocating for my brother were for nothing. I mean, she had to feel stupid. I mean, at least I hope she did. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Um, you got people that are like that, that, you know, oh, no matter what he did, I still support. Look at now, you know, you got people killing people right away, and then they... You know, like, oh, he was an innocent person. Yeah, right. So, um... You know what would be more ridiculous? If she tried to reach out to those families. If she tried to reach out to Like I said, like I said, there's more to the story. So she did? Look it up. Oh my God, just tell us! Yes, she did. Yes, she did. They actually became pretty uh, close. She became close with the victim's family? At the time, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think they blamed her, but um, they actually became close. So you got to look it up. You got to look. It, like see, I said, it's pretty long. 
see if if say for instance like gabby's family member had killed one of mine and she's just trying to like you know get in contact with me and tell me you know like i'm so sorry our families are so sorry i mean like i'd probably fire back an email like okay i get it appreciate it but please don't contact me anymore it's like it's bringing up too many bad memories it's like we're not going to be friends we're not going to be you know we're not going <laughs> to fight this together like it's just tragic stay out of it leave me alone type deal like yeah why would the other the victim's families want anything to do with her intentions or not because to me i'd look at it as like well you're just trying to make yourself feel better it's like no get out of here i think for me like it would depend like if Let's say that was the case, right? Let's flip it. Let's say you, you Todd, your family kills one of mine or whatever. Mm -hmm. Especially like for that little girl. Oh, yeah. If someone in your family came and raped my mother and killed her in front of me and nearly killed me and I survived. And your sibling is trying to reach out to me with condolences and apologizing and they feel horrible. If this person no longer recognizes you as their family, if they have disowned you and if they hate your guts for what you did and you're as angry as me for it, I might accept your condolences. Mm. But yeah. if you are still supporting the bastard who did what they did, left me motherless, left that trauma in me, not just mentally, but physically, I could never, I would want to know nothing about you. I wouldn't even want to acknowledge your message. How dare you? When you're there backing that person up, how dare you come tell me, oh, you're so sorry. Oh, you feel bad for my family. Screw you. Yeah, I I agree with you. I can also look at it from their side. Because like I said, they do. I'm not sitting here to say they were the best of friends or anything. But they did definitely um, communicate, um, Lynn and um, Lacey in the Philip family, like I said. Um, but I, from the Phillips family side, I can probably look at it as she had nothing to do with what her brother did. So they showed strength and forgiveness, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. by forgiving her, even though she's had nothing to do with it, she's connected to him. And they may have just said, well, this had nothing to do with you. So. I, I can see your side, of course. I can also see their side. I'm not saying I would do that. Uh, somebody killed my family. Everybody, to me, everybody can get it. But I don't know. Some people are stronger than us in that in that light. So, but I can't see it that way. Like I can't, I can't say I forgive you because you're their family. You have zero to do with this whether you're their blood or not. It doesn't concern you, it doesn't involve you. I don't have anything to forgive you for because you didn't do this and you didn't cause that person to do this. But if you are backing them up, then you are part of it. Right. If you're by this person in spite of what they did, then no, I do not forgive you for that. I do not forgive you for all the support you lent them knowing how disgusting they are I, I agree, I agree. Hmm? to that extent too i'd be with that yeah. too yeah like i say i i, I could I, yeah you killed my family member i everybody is nothing to me <laughs> so i mean for real hey stay over there i'm good leave me alone we're good over here but like i said i i can 
I can see why they would probably, you know, be okay with her. But, you know, it just takes a strong strength of character. So they had it. But yeah, that is the story of Harold Jack Jones. Ooh. So definitely a mixed bag in this one. Definitely, definitely. And a lot of twists, like I mentioned. A lot of twists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Thanks for pissing me off before I go to bed. What I do? <laughs> Were you pissed off, Todd? Yeah, because dude just keeps getting away with crap until the end, and then he still holds the, you know, like, you don't, you want to take the control away from these serial killers, but he still had control till the end. He did, even in his death. Yep, used he his still had control. Mm-hmm. And she's stupid for waiting. Yeah, that that one right there, I'm like, I wouldn't have waited a whole year. Because basically you're you're listening to your brother. Mm-hmm. You know? You're you're supporting him in a in the whole light. I would be like, enough secrets, mother for what the hell else are you hiding? Yeah. Yep. So but yeah, that's the story. But um thank you guys for listening in. I appreciate it. I was stumbling on my words earlier, man. My 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 stumbling problem comes back and forth sometimes, but I got through it. <laughs> yeah, watch out good. for the professor. I know you're gonna have some professor saying, "Oh, Maddie, whatever." I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> listen to <laughs> listen to us on YouTube, uh, Facebook. Of oh, not listen to us on Facebook, but find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just type in "Grinding True Crimes" and listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Zencaster. And for those outside of the U.S., catch us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. And if you are uh, have Podbeam, if you liked it, what we do, you can leave support by being a Patreon member. We appreciate it wholeheartedly. With all that being said, this has been the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Gabby Gab and Todd DeFox. And we are out of here. Toodles. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Y'all come back now, you hear?